Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 276. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sininski. Hello. Hey, that's me. Jenna, hello. Hi. Welcome back. Hi. All right. You have a Colorado Kool-Aid. I do. Because uh, I, I still haven't... I've actually... No, I haven't gone beer shopping. I was going to say, I think I bought more beer and I just haven't walked it down oh, here yet. But I haven't. Straight, you haven't. I've been drinking balls in the main unit because oh, I'm no. so low on beer I actually want to drink. Um, I don't even have this over there. So, speaking of drinks, yes. the Nook has hams on tap. They and do. It's like $3 yep, for I a pint. And I I go downstairs, that. you have a hams, you have a burger, and you bowl. Yep, it's perfect. That's great. I, I usually don't bowl because I just go there like 9 o'clock at night and I just want to like have a hamburger and go to bed. But yeah, because I'm an old man. Um, I also don't bowl because the last time I bowled, I got a zero. So that's I okay. decided I, I, like, I, will, I love bowling. Next oh, time I don't you, care next about Next time score, you go yeah, bowling, yeah. let me know. Oh, I will be I know, there. but cool. I decided I needed to end on that high note because that's an amazing score. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's actually difficult yeah, yeah. to, get a, to zero. get a zero. So yeah. um, I, It's just as tough as... No, that's not true. It's probably pretty close to a perfect game of toughness. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's perfect. It's perfectly bad. <laughs> if you're not deliberately trying to a throw a 300 and a zero... Like, both indeliberate are very difficult. Yeah, it's like an inverted bell curve in difficulty. Mm-hmm. When you rolled your zero, <laughs> did you yell who you think you are? I am? No, because that was... Whoosh. All right, so there, the, <laughs> there's this... Uh, <laughs> one second. So, bowler, like, people that bowl professionally yeah. are, like, the most <laughs> cursed individuals, believe it or not. Yeah, I've seen the Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's fairly accurate for real-life professional bowling. Oh, yeah. And there's this guy who yelled, uh, he bowled a game, and he was just so excited because he was yelling at everybody the whole time. Like, he required absolute silence uh, when he was rolling. Uh, Who do you think you are? I am bowling. There we go. There's a YouTube video of it. But he required absolute silence. In a bowling alley? Yes. That would be very difficult. I know. That you you are correct in that assumption. Okay. So I'm I'm literally going to get this sound clip so everybody can hear. Um, if you post it in the notes, I can play it I'm in working, the. I'm working very hard. No, on it's this. fine. I just I'm sure you were already doing that. There you go. Why don't you go ahead and play that for everyone? I love Wii bowling. Uh, Wii bowling. Let me turn on desktop capture real quick. And let me bring this up to the capture window. Actually, that might be down here. It is indeed. There we go. All right. So yeah, his name's Pete Weber. <laughs> Sunglasses. He's rolling, there you go. He gets it. I, and strike. I miss watching trick bowling. Golly, golly. Wait for what he says. There's a woman <laughs> weeping in the crowd. Wow, this guy is really <laughs> jazzed about that. Who do you think you are? I am. I mean, I can't even hear it, but I'll have to go back and watch no, it's it. That's the same as he said. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> that's when he yelled. That looked like an old clip, too. I'm surprised like the head's years seen ago. That. Okay, yeah. well. <clears throat> so whenever I win anything online, I yell that. <laughs> Isn't that what Eddie You Burbank are a mentally damaging person. Yes, that's exactly okay. what he yelled. I was like, it was like 2.30 in the morning last time. I was playing Battlefield Five, and I got like top fragger, and I yelled, Who do you think you are? I am. And how many people understood the reference? I have no idea, because everybody, er, everybody was dead. Oh, well, yeah, but that would still be on your voice channel, I assume. That's true. I also made sure I typed it in chat for people that did not. It's nice of you for the hearing impaired. Yeah, exactly. I'm inclusive. Wow. 
All right, getting into the actual things, I want to briefly touch on our Patreon yes. page, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On this super handcrafted website, you're going to find three open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you. That's the listener to support content producers like us, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. And I'd like to call out Andrew Chase. Thank you very much for becoming a patron. And my Ew. buddy Nick Henno, who is Yay. back. Nick. Once was a Patreon patron and then dropped off, and I browbeat him back into it. Chase Yay. wants a shirt. You also did not need to, <clears throat> to browbeat Chase. He just did it. No, no, no. I know. Uh, I he, was he wants browbeat a, he, Nick. He, Chase wants a shirt, so. I checked. I don't have any, so All I'll right, have so to we order need to make more. One. Yep. Hold we on. Need, we you, need to make one. Uh, let me. Mm. We'll, we'll make a couple. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be really terrible radio for a second because I All need right, to set so a reminder. While you're doing that, uh, I'm gonna open up the World Cup of Cards for myself because guess what today is? It's the finals. It's the finale, and then uh, for post. They finally dragged me away from the museum for editing after okay. the fact there for doing the when you actually put the podcast up and you need you to put that little like air horn the whole. Yeah, the whole If you email me the soundbite, I will put it in there, but I'm not going to go look for it on some shady website. You can just go on YouTube. You can just record me going. There you go. You have it. There you go. If I remember, I'll just clip that. So, the finalist for the World Cup of Cars, it's Netherlands versus Spain. I'm really, really happy that Jan is here to pick because I... They, cannot. They had to physically peel me away from the museum. <clears throat> yeah, Jana happened to have today off. I called her boss. Um, <laughs> you so, do not understand. All right, so honey, uh, you've not been here for a while, so as no, a reminder, I've been at a museum whose yes. visitor elevator is uh, under repair. And oh, you just nice. got, you just got an award for fourth best yes, museum in the United States. Yes, we just won fourth Holy best shit. history museum. Fourth best. Fourth best. So you guys need more explosions, and then I think you'll be number one. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we beat out the 9-11 uh, memorial. Take that. Um, and we... The Never one forget that. that. One was the... <laughs> you were better than 9-11. Uh, number one was sure the Underground Railroad mu Museum, so... Oh. That's, that's fair. That's fair. That she, yeah. yeah, that one yeah. Would be and it was now. all voter-led, so... Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Didn't even have to grease the wheels of justice. No. no. And that was with our elevator being down and us I'm... having to escort people through the tenant. And people uh, bringing elevators. dogs through in prams. Yeah, yep. you don't have, like, the seanced ghost of Frederick Douglass to help you, so... I mean... No, we, we have William <laughs> Dillabar, show is so off but the he was end. an engineer, so he doesn't really care. Uh, oh, so... Well, congratulations on fourth... Thank you. It's been very busy since then. And no shit. Our yes. Elevators have been down, so we kind of all. <laughs> this is a very <laughs> vertical museum. Mm -hmm. It's a mill. Yes. So uh, I've been there once. Yes. But it was many moons ago. It, everything's an elevator. Mm -hmm. And with the elevator broken, the museum it's is a broken. stair museum. Well, it no, is now it's... the Minneapolis Stair Museum. <laughs> no, the Stair the... City Museum. Okay. No, no, no. Our elevator that goes from one to nine. Is good. Should go but to eleven. We have we have two elevators that do that, but we only have one elevator that goes from the lobby to the gallery, and that's the one that broke. And it also called the fire department. Well, that's nice of it. Yeah, yeah. Chad fire truck. Oh my god! I didn't like get Chad to GPT see a fire became. Truck, but that's sentient. what my supervisor came in to one day. She came in and she goes, "Oh." Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, the um, elevator had no more oil. It boiled out. Oh, <laughs> oh, so it was yeah. all right. Yeah. So it's ah. very broken. <clears throat> I see. Seized. So, moving back on to <laughs> the World Cup of Cars. We never derail ever here. No, we it's don't. <clears throat> All right, so Always Netherlands is being 
represented by the DAF Daffodil, which is the car that can go just as fast in reverse as it can going forward, and it's literally called the Daffodil. I and it's adorable. I just want everyone to know I need one of these. I've, mm-hmm. I know. I've been a Daffodil aficionado for many years. And they're import legal, so I mean... They're just hard to find. Yeah, I believe it's a that. CVT. What do you expect? What do you think? All right, I bet <laughs> this picture was taken 14 years ago. Oh, yeah. Probably. Uh, let's see what the car is next to it. It looks like that is a... Volvo. Yeah, like a... No, it's not a Volvo. That like a Suzuki Esteem or maybe a mid-2000s um, Opal. Yeah, the door handles are too cheap to be like an X-Type. It could be like a Seat or something like no, that. Look at the taillight. It looks a lot like... I think that's a Suzuki Esteem. Oh, I can't even see the taillight from here. You can see it, it's just above the windshield. Or just You can see it through the windshield yeah. just above the steering wheel. Between the wipers. That's a good question. I mean, it's it could be. Um, it's, I can almost guarantee it's something we never got in the states. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. No, it's to- huh. totally a Dutch car. But um, anyway, so the car's front engine <laughs> is rear-wheel drive. It has a 746 cc flat twin, and a variomatic uh, CVT transmission, which is incredible. Now you're T probably and CVT wondering. Stands for yes. Um, it does. So. <laughs> The um, you're probably wondering, all right. So how does a CVT get so far ahead? And as, as I said earlier, it goes just as fast mm-hmm. in reverse as it does going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it's the world's fastest forklift. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And it uses just normal rubber V belts instead of some sort of chain or anything. So it's actually yeah. like you can like make it. You can get, you continue servicing it. It's just a normal alternator belt. So I think that's pretty cool that it has just like an I mean, overgrown alternator belt for that's a, that's how like a lot of even like John Deere Gators and things like that yeah. still use that system. It's just, pretty reliable. Yeah, and I'm just I, I think that's very so cool. You're saying it's a tractor. Pretty much, it's somewhere between a tractor, a car, and, and a forklift. Yeah. So, I love that so yeah. much. But uh, it's also cute, and it's called the daffodil. It's yes, perfect. And it was designed by Giovanni Michelotti. Oh. Giovanni Michelotti. Yeah, my, Giovanni Michelotti. Now, That's the best name. I did actually ever. look at the designer names for both of these cars before you guys showed up. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so G- Giovanni Michelotti, great name. Also, he designed uh, pretty much every good Alfa Romeo. Uh, he designed the Lancia uh, Aurelia, the Lancia Appia, the Lancia Fulvia, um, the Ferrari 166, the Two twelve, the two twenty five, the two fifty, the three forty, the six twenty five, the three seventy five, and the three thirty, and the four hundred I, and the three sixty five. So he designed pretty much every good Ferrari. And then for Maserati, because I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> then he went across the street. <clears throat> he went across the street and designed every good Maserati, uh, not just for Vignali, who he was previously working with, but Alimano, and he worked for like a bunch of different design firms. Um, and then he made his own design firm called Carrozzeria Michelotti. Mm-hmm. So he made uh, the Maserati A6Gs, which are like the 1950s era Maseratis, which are like... If you just Google Maserati A6G, that that's obviously the best mo- the looking Maserati, period. Like just bar- it's been downhill since then. Maserati's not that great of a brand. For some reason, they garner reasonable money. I don't understand why. Did they do the? No, that was McLaren that did the Hello Kitty car. So yes. Um, no redeeming qualities for Maserati. <laughs> nope, none. Um, yeah, that car company gets passed around. I think it's Oof. funny that he never designed any Lamborghinis from the looks of it. Um, <laughs> Lovely. But he also did the Nissan Skyline Sport, 
my favorite Nissan Skyline, uh, and he designed the Hino Contessa, which is another one of my favorite Japanese cars. And when I say literally every worthwhile Triumph, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> the Triumph Herald, the Triumph Spitfire, the GT6, the TR4, the 2000, the 1300, the Vitesse, the Stag, and the Dolomite. That's pretty much every Triumph that you would want. Like, there's a Frog Eye Sprite, and that's the, he designed missed one car. <laughs> they had their, their he first... probably like started there and had a sick day, and it had to go out the door. So his like apprentice or something just kicked it out the door. Yeah, and so he just like didn't get his name on it. Right, like, probably. <laughs> like so yeah, it, like literally the greatest one of the like. He was helping out a student was like, why don't you put your name on this one? <laughs> You've been trying really hard. You've been showing your work. But yeah, so it's like Mike Lottie, the dude that did like the Mira and the Countach. I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, and then Chajaro. No. no, no, no. And then and also Chajaro. Um, now I'm blanking on the Lamborghini guy too. What the, what the hell is his name? Like Gambini. Gandini. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Marcello Gandini, Giovanni Michelotti, and Italian names are so good. Uh, they're really good. And then Gigaro. Just add more. Syllables. Those three. That's like the big three of Italian designers. So, yeah. Basically, <laughs> if you have those three designers, that accounts for about every good Italian car. So I assume he was just on vacation. Sorry, on holiday in Holland one time, and Daff was like, yes. "Hey, wait." At the bar, like you're a car designer. At the weed, at the weed bar. Oh, sorry, the weed bar, yes. getting completely hazed out. And yes. You're like, will you design a daff daffodil? And he's like, absolutely. I love the name. Sure, let's do it. Let's and do then it. He made an adorable little car. I love how the hood like slopes down so much, and it makes that I little know. like angry eye sort of thing. The headlight the bezel headlights. is like integral to the hood body line. It's really good. I it, like it's a 10 out of 10 so like, I, I, industrial design. I don't know design. how to add one of these to the wedding registry, but just know that it's not formally on there, but a daffodil. Is if you know of a decent DAF daffodil and you have an importer friend. Yes. You know where to send it. it would be exactly. Lovely. Um All right, let's move on to its competitor. All right, so the competitor <clears> to the daffodil <throat> is a Spanish car. It's called a Pegaso Z102. And the Pegaso Z102 is objectively a perfect car. Yep. Because the Pegaso Z102 to the 1950s, because it was, it, was it was in production from 1951 to 1958. Wow. I didn't even know that. It's like the picture we've been looking at the whole time is a 56. I, did, I, did, I, never, even thought about the I never even thought about the fact that wow. the Pegaso Z102, this came out when the Ford Flathead was like the end all be all for American performance. And to remind people, this has a desmodromic valve, alloy block, thirty-two valve V eight, and a five speed transaxle with inboard disc brakes. Yes, just it, yeah, it, this is a nineteen fifties <clears throat> hypercar. This thing is higher tech than airplanes of the era by a good margin. Yeah, no, I, you're not exaggerating that at all. So if this was around today, imagine if Koenigsegg, yeah, because this is about Koenigsegg yeah. production numbers. This is a 1950s Koenigsegg, like, but like, I would say like, it, it's like a Koenigsegg that you could live with on a daily basis. Well, you could probably live with a Koenigsegg, but I mean, like, this is a two plus two. True. That's what I mean. Also, can we just say it's a two plus two that actually looks okay? Yeah, it looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Such an incredible. Like, how have you done that? Yeah, it's it's too good for what it is. It has a racing pedigree, unlike Koenigsegg. <laughs> Um, just a jab. Well, Green Exact don't. They make like four cars a year, and they just don't race. And it's like, cool. Your yeah. cars are very fast. All and they then, do is just make new tech, and then make one prototype car with that, and then they make something else. Yeah, 
and but here's Picasso. They uh, entered three cars into the 1953 24 Hours of Le Mans, uh, 1954 Carrera Panamericana, which Chase, you should add that to your um, bucket list of car events because they do run a modern Carrera Panamericana and only cars that were eligible for the original career Panamericana races are allowed in. And it's a race from, um, like, Tijuana all the way down to, like, the southern tip of Mexico. That's kind of cool. It's a really cool race. Yeah. So when you I say w- career Pan- Panamericana, like, my brain just immediately goes to, like, Africa or something. I'm just like, nope. okay. <clears throat> it is entirely in Spanish, and it says Pan-American in the name. Well, yeah, but Spain isn't here. Yeah. But, like... Spain, more countries speak Spanish in America than not America. I believe that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so it, it also, like... What's took, the designer's name? Uh, oh, God. So, <laughs> the designer's <laughs> name is, oh, Wilfra, Wilfredo Ricard. Okay, cool. However, they had Carrazzeria Touring, Stout Chick, uh, Anasa, and Sarah coach built variants. Okay. So... Yeah. I'm really glad the audience cannot see my face because that would be showing all of my cards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it also two of them were owned by Rafael uh, Trujillo, which was a dictator, and that's very oh, cool. Great. Hey, dictator cards are cool. Dictators <laughs> historically have great taste in vehicles. No, she's saying, oh, great, to now they can see your face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this is effectively the absolute end-all peak of 1950s technology, and it looks beautiful. It's really cool. It can, um, it's just these cars are equally good in very different ways. So That's very this good. is why we need you, honey. Yeah, to break the tie. Okay, so we all know how I feel about Spain and their lisp. Okay, yes, but also. <laughs> I understand. I love all of our reasons. I understand that Franco is terrible. (laughs) Just wrong. But also, the Dutch were not any better. So these are both terrible like countries. But Spain has vosotros. Okay. Be that as it may, they've both made it to the finals. So yeah, yeah. And it it, it is my my decision. That Mm -hmm. also looks like. uh, a knockoff of the Citroën Deus. What the? This came the that? the Picasso. Yeah. Oh, did this? Well, I guess this did come a little after. Picasso the Deus like an... was like designed in '49 or something. It looks like it's trying. This might have predated the Deus. I don't I'll know. It's, it looks like it's trying too hard to be a French car, but it's not French. Yeah, because it's Spanish. 1955. This predates the Deus by four or five years. Okay, so the Deus did it better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's also has a Dadion uh, rear end, which is my favorite rear end design. Well, it's very cool. It also has the name Dadion, which is awesome. The Pagazzo. Pagazzo? Pagazzo is very pretty, mm-hmm. but it is Spanish. Okay. So because, you know, because it's Spanish, it loses. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, that's probably just as good an answer as we would totally come up valid. with. Totally so. valid. All right. So the <laughs> also, winner of the World Cup of Cars for 2020. Also, you're trying to ask me to, to vote for a Spanish car against my absolute favorite car in the entire world. Well, that's the thing. As I needed a honest response. An honest response because is both I hate these... the Spanish and I love the daffodil. Well, let's be honest. Going into this, we knew you were going to pick the daffodil because it's cute. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't and it want, goes I, the same I did, speed in reverse. I, I didn't hey. want to be the person that made that decision. Going back to the list, this car, the DAF daffodil, has beat so much other awesome shit. Yes, like, it has. 
So the Daffodil beat... Um, uh, beat the Gilburn Genie. Yep, it, built the, it beat the Gilburn Genie, the Yugo, um, and the Monteverdi High Speed... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it beat a bunch of. Really but it good also cars. beat all the other uh, bracketed ones down there. I can't remember right now, but it beat a lot of. Really yeah. Good cars. No, it's, I'm, I'm looking at the cars where it would have been with it, but like, yeah. Gotcha. So, it would have gone against like every one of these cars are actually good, and this car is just a little plucky underdog. I love it. Ten out of ten. But you D- know that you would have to be fully in it 100% all the time when you drive it, and we know that that is fun because slow car fast. Yeah. Yes, that, that is Whereas, that's the point. Yeah. The, also, you could drive the same speed in reverse. True, and you cannot do that in the Pegaso. Pegaso. Yeah, okay, so and also, true. the Pegaso is really fast, so you're going to crash it. Yeah. Yes. And well, constantly be thinking about crashing. It's yeah. just going to... 140 <laughs> miles per Close. hour in 1951 yep. oh, no, no, is no, a way to no, kill no. yourself. Don't worry, those asbestos-laden uh, brake pads will save you. They won't. True, they will not. <laughs> They'll just Those, give you cancer on top of your broken bones. The, bi- the bias ply tires. I feel kind of cancery cleaning these wheels. It's the bias ply tires that get you. <laughs> That's the problem. All right, DAF Daffodil wins so the that, World Cup of Cars. That will have to go on our screen for the next four years, which I'm okay what, with. Yeah. What won last time? Because um, I know I picked the winner last time too. We could look it up. I, don't I can't remember. It's it was a long ago. time ago. It was literally four years ago, honey. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, guess what is the n- next topic? It is Eric's topic. What oh, I was about? just about to put the daffodil on the screen. Well, you can oh, do that later. Daffodil. All right. Well, I'll do. Well, that here while you're oh, doing that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. Well, okay. I'll cover this. Um, <laughs> so here at Carbitrage, we have for a long time griped about the worst drivers on the road and what vehicles they tend to gravitate yes. toward. Ah, uh, yes, the CRV and the Altima. <laughs> and, and the, the Dodge Journey and yeah. the Chrysler 200. More, more and then the, <clears throat> the landlord for all of these cars, the Mercedes, uh, what is it? The, the GLC? The GLA. Or the GLE, the, the, the GLE, Fastback one. The Fastback, the GLE. And the X4. We talked about this both being yeah. terrible. But I have a new one to add to the list, and I've yes. only noticed this recently, but it's without fail accurate it is the volkswagen atlas everyone that drives those things drives at full speed they do not use turn signals and they have reckless abandon for never missing an exit much like an ultima driver yep however that that sounds about right i'm using this terrible driver demographic as a segue to celebrate the death of the vr6 this engine Yay! is finally they, dying they at got the rid end of, of this finally? year. Oh my yes, because that was the only engine option in the Atlas in this country, the 3.6 direct-injected VR6, which is among the more reliable Volkswagen Auto Group engines, which is terrifying because it's not reliable. But no. I just wanted to say good riddance. Do you, VR6. So this engine was originally designed a million years ago. Yeah, 1992 or three. It yeah. was a 12 valve 2.8. <clears throat> and it was that, and it was designed to be a front wheel drive car. That's the easiest service, right? A it, Mark III made mm-hmm. sense in a Mark III Golf. Yep. And so the timing chain to make everything fit together was on the back side of the engine, sandwiched between the engine and the transmission. So Which is you remove transmission to do timing chain. Historically, it's been a great idea, right? Yep. No, it's never <laughs> been a problem for anyone. So, all right. Well, that you can imagine. All right, that's a little bit of a pain in the ass mm-hmm. for the, you know, for the Mark III owner. Yep. And now think about okay, when this happens, this will happen on a Touareg, 
that is now fully appreciated. And which engine do they put the? Uh, sorry, which orientation do they put the engine at Touareg? Is that transverse? No, it's longitudinal. Oh, interesting. And it's also all-wheel drive, mm. and it's a really overly complex all-wheel. It's not like a Chevy all-wheel drive system where you just have a transfer case and it's dumb and it just gives you you know fifty fifty all the time more or less. Right. Um, no, this is their like they they have the Haldex clutch and all that weird <laughs> shit. It is a. If I remember correctly, in a 2004 Touareg, this is before we can get to the Atlas, 2004 Touareg, I think a timing chain job is 21 hours of labor. <laughs> I assume it's a full split-out engine drivetrain drop. No, you drop, drop the everything. everything. Right? Suspension. Yeah. You base, it, 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 it's effectively, you're pretty much removing the body from the chassis on a monocoque vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing that is below the upper strut mounts comes off of the truck. It, that's the fastest way to do it. With a Touareg, you should just buy the V10 TDI because the servicing hours is going to be the same, and at least you have an interesting engine. Yeah. Like, don't get the V6, don't get the V8. Although I will say the V8 was a belt V8. You could actually service those on the front in the vehicle with the front clip off. That's, that's a little bit of a digression. With but. the um, yeah, with the Touareg, we did one at Good Karma, and the guy disappeared uh, after he put like, a down payment for like. I think it was like a three thousand dollar down payment. Uh, no, he did a fifteen hundred down payment, dollar down payment, so we could start work on a VR six, and and doing that timing chain job to yeah. like pay for the parts. Yeah, and we had our tech do it, and the guy literally disappeared off the face of the earth. So we mechanically into his truck, and then for the longest time, Good Karma had a a, a Toreg V six with no rattle, with no rattle, and it no was cam crank. Incredibly good. <laughs> loaner vehicle because like it was a loaner vehicle it's a shop truck it was a tow truck it did everything it, it was very albeit very slowly but oh, um well, yeah. this is ball slow that's <laughs> a lot of weight those first gen and second gen facelift Touaregs are extremely heavy the, uh, how much did the vr6 make uh, like at the how much does the atlas make for horsepower it's like probably like they're, 270 horsepower no they're, they're 307 with but those are 3.6s the Touaregs are 32s <laughs> Yeah, so and like those made two oh four, maybe two hundred yeah, yeah. when they, they were, were new. They were not fast, so because that was the R thirty two engine essentially, yeah. but in shittier tune. Yep, and so it was. It, yeah, that was the loaner truck um, for the longest time we could come. I think they still have it because like, it's just I mean, like chains on it. Nor- that's, it was, a, that's the thing that fails. Well, yeah, the main. It was thing. like some. Like, it was something. Nor- it was some like North Minneapolis <clears> drug <throat> dealer that had it just. Ghosted us. So I'm right. like, yeah, that makes sense. It was on brand. Oh, yeah. They were he went really to prison. nice. And then they... Yeah. Then he just ghosted us. So, all right. Hold on. They Bye. were like a long term customer of Good Karma, too. So, it was. Oh. So, yeah. Like, that was the thing is like, normally we do like a 50% down payment. It wasn't really long term, but like, he had done several expensive yeah. repairs with us before. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this is probably why I didn't get fired for it because, like, for taking less than a full. Like fifty percent down. Right, he had a history of being a good payer. Yeah, like he's like you know he had done like in that previously in that year he had done a fifteen hundred dollar job and then like a two thousand dollar job on like different vehicles. Like one was like not even just the Touareg. Yeah, (laughs) and so I'm like, all right, this guy's he's a known quantity. Dude's got money. He always pays cash. I'm not gonna ask where his cash comes from. Whatever. Yep. Like definitely not gonna light this cash on fire or smell it or anything. Because, like, I don't want to get high. You don't want to get your money-checking pen too dirty. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So the guy was, like, a known quantity. And so then his truck blew up. He's like, sure, I got you. And I'm like, all right, cool. And he like, gave me, like, a wad of cash to get work started. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, 1500 
I think we were able to like hassle him up to like three grand of payment, and then he just disappeared off to face, the face of the earth. Yeah, I think you got two payments from him. I, I think so. Yeah, and Jesus. Then we got a truck. All right. Good Karma is still like three grand upside down on it, but like well, yeah, but they have the yeah, I mean the but yeah, once you once you factor in the utility of the vehicle and everything, and you're like, all right, well, we've been able to use it. It it looks nice. We it took us literally two months, like the entire time the time machine job was being done. Yeah. We had two of those sharper image ozone machines inside of it. After the guy disappeared when we were finishing up work. Uh-huh. We had two sharper image ozone machines in there, just like ozoning the car to get the weed smell out of it. I had to do that in the Hoonicorn after it was gone for seven hours. Yeah. And it took like three weeks to get rid of the smell. Yeah, so I... Um, it does. Yeah, so eventually when we got it like clean, it smelled incredible and it worked. It worked great. And you guys so, ended up selling it too, right? No, we, like when I when I left Good Karma, it was still there, and I oh. think they might still have it because I, I think I see it from time to time in the background in there. It's social well, I mean, media. that's the most problematic part of those vehicles dealt with. Also, if you think so. about it, a nice big truck, leather interior for some random boob is a perfect mm-hmm. like loaner car, and like people are like, "Wow, this is great!" And then also, best. well, yeah, also they go. This is a very nice, effectively twenty-year-old Volkswagen. Like yeah. they clearly do a good job. So it's like they it, do a good it, job it, on it, some things. Yeah. Well, no, they just do a good job. But like, um, he's talking about good karma. Oh, okay. Karma. Sorry, not, I thought you meant VW. Vol- no, I will never give good give Volkswagen. I was credit. wondering where this was coming from. No, I mean like for good karma, like having a Touareg with a VR6. That's right, good. Right. And everything works more or less <laughs> fine on it. And like even like the bat, the parking assist worked on it. <laughs> Like, and it had like two hundred and thirty thousand miles on it. Like, people would see that and go, "Wow, Good Car does such a good job maintaining vehicles." I'm gonna always bring my car there because it was like ancient, perfect condition loaner vehicle that we don't care about. That was like Eurotech. Uh, they had an E sixty five forty five that they got as a loaner vehicle. Like, it needed all the typical yeah. things, and the dude defaulted. Yeah. So, like, they ran that as a loaner car for like three years, and it was one of those cars where you started it up and you looked in the rearview mirror for the smoke cloud, and it didn't happen. Yeah, no, it's just like a perfect like, car. I had to it's... use that as a loaner car before all the weed smell was out, and I drove it to work. Oh, this, no. Yeah, she, this, <laughs> was is when she was, this is when she was like a child care specialist. Yeah. And like, she's driving this like giant truck that smells like weed. Oh, it was really funny. <laughs> I parked right next to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> Nonchalant whistling. <laughs> yeah. And Actually, I purposely parked next to my boss so no parents could park next to once me. Once we, once um, we um, got the time chance finished, there was still a little bit of weed smell, obviously, as Janice said. Yeah. So what we did is... Uh, we, this was my doing, actually. I was driving a truckload of tires, and I'm like, God, these tires stink. I told Bill, I'm like, hey, why don't we load this up with tires and leave it outside in the back lot for, like, a long weekend? For, and we had, like, a three-day weekend. Over the for, summer or something? Yeah, too? it was, like, in the middle of summer. It was 4th of July, I think. Nice. And um, I think it was, like, a, like, the 4th of July is on a Friday, so, like, Bill, like, just I love, like, let us out. I love tire smell, so. Yeah, and so, yeah that's what we did. We, we put in, like three sets of brand new tires that were going on cars like the next week and just left it in a baking sun. 
and got rid of the weed smell. <laughs> Things smelled like rubber forever. It was incredible. I, I love that. I, it was a really oh, good smell. And new yeah, rubbers. Fix the truck. That's how you do it. That fixed the truck. That's a, a top tip right there. Top tip. There you you want to get rid of weed smell? <laughs> don't screw with the ionizer. New tires. Yeah, just I, I do load miss it with tires. Good Anywhere else. No, uh, you, they're, they're very creative. I really appreciate These that. are the things yeah. you have to think about. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, Mazda shit the bed on making a good sedan. Oh. What yeah. did they do? Like or what did they though. not do? Well, they didn't make... You know, they've been teasing that sedan concept for a long time. For like a, uh, in yeah, the six, one with the straight six diesel, whatever. Rear-wheel drive sedan. Yeah, yeah. Well, they made the straight six. They're making it, and it's going... Uh, transversely into a crossover. How, okay, a transverse straight six. Yeah. So Volvo. they're pulling a Volvo. Mm-hmm. Are they like buying a transmission from Volvo? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know anything about what we're doing here. I will get to your articles. But, no, it's but okay. I'm putting up the um, daffodil. But it, this is the thing: is they made the CX ninety. Okay. Which is like a big dumb truck, right? Yeah, and that, what's the deal with them? I've been seeing that. Like, there's a CX-50 now instead of a CX-5. Like, did they just get rid of all of the old regular names? Well, so, you know where the 3, 6, and 9 and everything came from, right? Uh, I'm sure you told me at one point, but I have absolutely so, do forgotten. You know, you know, the Mazda 3 was previously the protege. Yeah, and, and then the 3T3. It, exactly. And oh. so they, got, they needed to have a numerical name because protege... And all those names were unique to the U.S. market. I gotcha. And when they moved to different markets, it was easier to just do on a single number. And they didn't pull an Infinity or a uh, Lincoln? No. no, they did a really good job. Like, And they like, they still do. I'm sure that the CX-90 is going to be like wonderful for what it is. Those are like the, the best-driving boring cars ever. The C, yeah, the CX-5s and 7s and 30s, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Mazda. It's one of the old editors from Sport Compact Car is their performance director. And I have your link up. Oh, good. He, that's like their <laughs> performance director. So even if they do make garbage, he's like, okay, just double the sway bar size and we'll at least make it fun to drive. Well, like I know we can't mess with the springs or the dampers, but yeah. Yeah. Here's we'll something. Do, we'll we, do a giant sway bar. That's the 90s BMW solution. And it worked really well. It, yeah. I, I, the sway bar is a very underrated piece of technology. The thing that used to be optional on yes. 90s cars. Yeah. Uh, so the um, CX-90... Like, it's fine. It's whatever. But this is the thing is they replaced a great sedan with this. Yep. Um, and I, I think I might have gotten ahead of myself when I said that this was transverse. It might not be. But if you scroll down, you'll see what the concepts were. If you scroll Mama, down, we've covered a few of yeah, them, but yeah, that look looks fantastic. Look how beautiful these are. These that are reminds brilliant. me of the, just looks like your dad's truck. the Lamborghini Stoke. Oh. Yep. Yep, it is bad. And so this is the thing is like there's a lot of images on this page. It's yeah, well it's funny. it's because uh Ben is pissed. <laughs> but yeah, like he's like deliberately put the photos on like photo bucket. <laughs> or but, something. But, no, no, he's just pissed so he just uploaded like a ton of high res photos of the oh, beautiful okay. car. So you could really just love the car. JNC's hosting is oh there yeah, yeah. I remember these. This is even earlier these, Yeah, concept. these are great. And so and the thing is is like And then this. Yeah. How how have you done this? And so this is actually a really great episode of how ben, Ben's wife actually drives a CX-5. Okay. Because Didn't she used to have a GS or something? Yeah, they yes. got T-boned. No. Bummer. Yeah. In, the, in, like, she needed something that was, you know, for the car seat and everything. She didn't want the kid to be, like, directly in, like, 
Because, it gave her a lot of anxiety. Well, it's yeah. yeah, pickup trucks don't comply with bumper height regulations, so if you get hit by one of those, you're probably going to die. Yeah, so this is the thing, is like... Uh, Come I'm just on, so Mazda. frustrated that they made this, that the CX-90 could have been a great car. You know, the first but, time they hurt me was with the quote-unquote new Mazda 6 in 2015, where they were bringing a diesel and a manual to the United States with no diesel after-treatment because their engine was so good. None of that happened. And so, and so this is the thing is Mazda's like trying to move a little bit more up market with this vehicle. So they want to keep like, you know, your affordable Mazdas, but like Mazda's getting conquest sales from BMW. So you need to like yeah. do stuff like that. nobody's buying an X5. They're all buying X5 owners are now. They're buying MDXs. Yeah, and they're buying these now. Um, Both, I guess. But like but, I see a lot of high-end MDXs transacting these days. But yeah, so um, they, like the interior is great. It's got Japanese Kumihimo stitched uh like dashboard it's very pretty actually like actual real life wood flamed maple inserts like super cool interior like it's a 10 out of 10 interior they knocked out apart like i'm happy that's back like really mazda's absolutely crushing it on this but the problem is is we get back to the fact that like yeah this can tow like a 3,000 pound trailer. It's got 21 inch wheels, like three rows of seats, USB C charging ports. Remember even the last in, time? Through the third row. Like it, it's, it, it's a great truck, objectively. But the thing is, this could have been a sedan. Mm hmm. And the last time Mazda went super upmarket was the 929, and that thing was an abysmal failure. And so, well, this is the thing. Um, yeah, the, nine, the 929, 939? 929. 929. That was an abysmal failure because that had been on the market in Japan for almost five years. Sure. So if you think about the fact that when the 929, that released with the FD RX-7. Right. And, it and was we a got it. Project. We, we got it in like the mid-90s. Right. And if you think about like, okay, Mercedes between 1990 and 2000 went from the 190, which was great, but... Very 80s mm-hmm. to literally the W220. Well, that was 2000, right? Well, it was, but like you're comparing a 190. But I'm to still a... saying like okay. that they gotcha. the same like interior. Sure, like a like W140 every... to a W220. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, a, sure. a 140 to a 220. It was an aged product. <laughs> they made a giant leap, and that's like that was the era where Germany they'd make a giant leap every decade, mm-hmm. and then Japan was sitting here. Just doing like every four years, just huge leaps. So by the time we got the 929, the 929 was long in the tooth, and that's mm-hmm. why it failed. So the 929, I think, if that had released with Lexus and Acura and 89 or something, yeah, yeah, and they actually had brought Effany here, that would have been the way to do it. But this is also the era where like Ford owned them, Ford didn't want that coming to America because they didn't right. want to fuck up Lincoln because Lincoln sucked. <laughs> It's yeah. Ford really <laughs> did not want that here, so they brought it here in the worst way possible. Like Ford right. actively tried to kill Mazda. I'm convinced. Like, okay. Yeah, like Ford was absolutely trying to kill them. So, yeah. It and this is the thing is like, what I hate about the CX90 is this is Mazda surrendering to the crossover apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Because like, they had the ability to do something in the 11th hour like we're gonna make a crossover actually this just makes sense why are we making a sedan and, and you it's know that's so frustrating the concept cars because like 
to your point, they had showed us several iterations of this yes. over like a five-year period of time. You it, know it was that there's eleventh hour change. There, yeah, that's a fully developed car. Yeah, you and know they it made is. it into a truck. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think at this point, I hate um, this. I think we need to require light trucks to pass the same emissions test as sedans. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's what that that's that's what did this in. Like reading between the lines, this was totally they needed to pass emissions. So they release it as a truck so it can get through emissions. I just say if we're because I live in real life world where I just know that they're not going to loosen emissions regulations for cars. It's just as not they gonna, shouldn't. It's just not going to happen. I, I live in real life. Cars are cool, but we also live in 2023. Like it's just not going to happen. So being pragmatic, I think the only way we can make this right is by requiring light trucks to pass the exact same emissions test because this is literally an example of a manufacturer going out of their way to just make a truck to pass emissions, to just make it a little bit easier for them to make this, and then they can just sell them. Well, it's like the chicken tax. You sell the damn thing without a bed and have the bed bolted on from a different country, and yep. you get past it. Yeah, it's yeah. just, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> I So yeah, uh, zero out of ten for the CX-90. It's very frustrating. They absolutely shit the bed on this one. Uh I'm sure it's going to be a great truck, but you know what? Uh, it's still a truck, and it's still and not... And it's still not the Vision Coupe. Yeah. It's not what we were... It's not what they told us they were going to give us. We got bait and switched. <laughs> and we anyway, talked about how excited we turn. were. I mean, yeah. We, we talked about the straight six several times. Mm-hmm. We've talked about both of the rounds of concept car photos that we yeah. saw for this thing. We were excited all the time. All right. Moving on to my next topic. I actually got, I don't know why I moved it over to this. I have no link for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's muscle memory. I have no link. <laughs> so there were the notes. You guys just saw those for a second. You're welcome. Uh, I got an email last week along with probably every registered pre-facelift Model S owner. Yeah. Ooh. And it, it does said. Does it have to do something with, with fire? Uh, no, actually. That's surprising. The no. cars don't seem to catch on fire. But what they are now doing is they're offering you an additional $5,000 on top of the pre-assessed trade-in value for you to get into a different car that doesn't have unlimited lifetime supercharging. Wow. So they're trying to get people out of this because they're like, oh, God, this is costing us a lot of money. So I decided to go in and read some comments on the Internet from other people that have gotten this. And yes. they're like... I would in no way, shape, or form ever trade lifetime supercharging for $5,000. And a lot of people are like, can I add unlimited lifetime supercharging for $5,000? I'm like, no. No, 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 no. no this no. is just like, and you know, a facelift or something's incoming on the rest of their stagnant inventory anyway. And they keep getting beat down because it's a shit company with a terrible person at the head. And all of the other so. EV manufacturers are like kicking Tesla's teeth in, especially yeah. Hyundai Kia. I just thought it was like, wow, this is the first of like the death throws we're going to start this. to see. I, I, really I was really this. satisfied. This is incredible. That. that is this immediately like Elon taking over Twitter where he just, oh, let's sell all the assets because, mm-hmm. oh my God, well, it's, this is harder to do Well, no, I, I think the thing is that with this, this is an issue that they didn't expect to be such a problem, but now like everybody yep. knows about, you know, it's like if like... In 1913, from like 1913 and 1916, if Henry Ford had like a deal where it's like, we will give you free lifetime Babbitt bearing replacement. 
oh, on your Model T so long as you never get rid of it. Right, as long as it's the original owner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you hilarious. got some guy 80 years later taking his Model T into a dealership, <laughs> and the guy's like... <laughs> In like 1993, <laughs> and they're like, "What the fuck is a bearing? How they've do I just, do this?" They've just they have like this one machine <laughs> that's required for this one 80 year old asshole that <laughs> literally is holding it over their head until he dies. There's like a tin shed lean to on the back of this modern <laughs> yeah. dealership, and all it is is a Babbitt foundry. Yes, that's <laughs> all like, it is. They have to fly in one dude from I don't know where the hell he lives, but yeah, yeah. somebody like one dude that like lives in rural Indiana that knows how to do that. Well, yeah. especially because the government's now pushing them to make it so that other cars can use them. They're mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Which, I mean, apparently, and this is unrelated to the topic, but somebody has spotted a supercharger now with a CCS head on it in Very the United cool. States. Very cool. So that's fantastic because the, the charging is the only good part of that company. But Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much what everybody's saying. It's, good. it's a tech company. It's not a car company. So I, what, I th- what I find is uh, very interesting about this is there's a lot of, not necessarily Wall Street, but it's an actual stock people that yeah. are like, yeah, no, the only uh, EV manufacturer I'm holding, I'm invested in right now is Tesla. And they're like, why? They suck. And he's like, yeah, but that charging network is the only one that works. So uh, yep. I'm not investing in the car. I'm investing, investing in, in the, the charging, charging network. network. Right. Right. Because so if they open it up, huge profit. If they sell it off, huge profit. Yeah. yeah. Either way, huge profit. So I get that. Piggybacking off of your email, Let's do I it. saw a TikTok the other day mm-hmm. of I don't know what kind of model of Tesla, but there was a matter, Tesla the engulfed in flames. Nice. Um, in the middle of like LA, probably. Yep, sounds about right. Um, That's where my car is from. They do. And <laughs> yeah. the, the person's like. So does the autopilot still work? And then you, you see it, the back window explodes. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, I think I'm going to ask around to see if the autopilot still works. And then you see the fire department trying to put it out. And it's like bare bones. Like the, the car is gone. It's, no, yeah. Once once you start those on it, fire, it's it's down to the battery chemistry. Like batteries are super flammable. So. Oh, yeah. And it was like the skeleton was left and he goes the fireman told me to take an uber (laughs) (laughs) autopilot does still work got it (laughs) and it's just like i can't believe like that if he didn't get out that would have been extremely dangerous because with the batteries that gets dangerous real fast yeah they pretty much only blow up when they're crashed because like they're super duper stable but yeah in like a model 3 or y where they're not thermally managed the same way you could, you know, in a really hot climate, if you're beating on the car, there is a potential for you to yeah, get a cell too hot. Yeah, I'll have to look it up because the the person, the car owner, said that it was why. spontaneous. Of course, it was spontaneous. <laughs> but the way that they were talking, they were probably Sounds driving like a, it a little rough. The boomer email chains are gonna love um, sharing that one. Um, but yeah, I'll have to figure out what model that was because now I'm intrigued. If can the I car can I share combusting. some EV tea time? Of course. Yeah. So you know my favorite EV company. The VinFast, yes. So it's tea time for VinFast because I love this company. Uh, the CEO, <laughs> Lee T. Tutui. Of course. I had to, I had to learn Vietnamese pronunciation to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> so it is Lee T. Tutui, um, which is the greatest name of a founder ever. Um, <laughs> he said he has no plans to invest further personal capital into the company. Okay. Interesting. And they are going to have an IPO soon, which is also interesting. Okay. So this is where it gets even more juicy. This company has not broken 
uh, ground on their U.S. battery plant yet, which is, you know, the thing that they're going to be making apparently before July to start uh, selling these. Um, and so no, that's not how that works. So they might they <clears throat> they plan 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 to produce. 1.1 million vehicles annually by 2026. They oh. are currently at 4,900, which is... That's pretty good. ...objectively more than the total sales of Mitsubishi Imaevs. Oh, my God. So, there's that. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. There's a lot of red flags. This, there's more red flags uh, hmm. in this one company <clears throat> than the entire Soviet Union. Oh, um, oh my! And their flag was literally red. I understand, which is why I say, "Oh my!" <laughs> There's a lot of red flags in this company, but somehow, I still have more faith in this company than Mitsubishi. Yeah, I, I see like that. Like, if, if you were to tell me, like, in the year 2026, am I more likely to drive a Mitsubishi or a Vinfast? I'm gonna say a Vinfast. I have more faith in that company. Some will absolutely get here, but it's gonna be like that whole. Oh, we're behind schedule, so we got to ship them in from another country's factory yeah. while this factory gets going. Yeah, type of deal. It, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. I just want my VIN fast. Like, that's the thing is, I'm very excited for this car, truck, <laughs> SUV, crossover. SUV. Um, I'm very excited for this. And uh, the thing is, I have to reiterate again: America does not have any shitty cars. Not anymore. This is a shitty car. <laughs> we need this. Without a McDonald's hamburger. You will never appreciate a juicy... Actually, McDonald's hamburger is pretty good. Without a Burger King hamburger, you will never appreciate a Juicy Lucy. Fully. Yeah. No, you need a contrast. You need, you need your Del Taco mm -hmm. to enjoy your taco truck. You, you need your Monteverdi high speed to appreciate your to Citroen 2CV. Exactly. Like, you really need to... Pre, you need the opposite ends. <clears throat> we don't have that opposite. The worst that we have is a Kia Rio. Yeah, we need objectively true. bad... So this is objectively bad. This is a EV that is let down by a lead acid battery when it's new. The lead acid battery will die, mm -hmm. and then it will cause the vehicle to not start. Oh, so it's an ID4. Just like the ID4. Yeah, it's incredible. Great. I'm very excited for this. We need this truck. I have full faith in Lee T2TUI. Like, this guy is a visionary. I'm so excited for this. Well, I need some stink here. I, I hope their IPO goes really, really well. Um, I want this company to be worth more than Tesla. Wait, who knows? Maybe it could be. I yeah. mean, I, I saw a, a Lucid on the way down here this morning. I was Very surprised. cool. I invested in Lucid because their stock price was in the tank. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, it can only go up. I was on YouTube, as I usually am in the evenings, uh, two nights ago. Yes. And... The Haggerty segments are just so, so Jason good these Camisa days. So I good. love Camisa. Yeah, he's uh, absolutely fantastic. But I wanted to take this moment to talk about the Lotus Carlton, because this is a car I was aware of, but I had like completely forgotten about again. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. It's a really good car. It's a fantastic car. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the era in which it was developed, and I watching through the segment that Camisa put out, which I suggest you go watch, uh, Revelations, um, I... I didn't know any of the nuances of how that car came to be or any I, of the politics. I don't know the politics of it. And knowing that Lotus literally in the year 2023 yeah. prints their VIN stickers 
on a label maker. Well, the same thing on this, yeah. I can imagine how wacky this is going to be. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. So I'm not going to spoil <laughs> the entire video for you, but like the Carlton was so off the deep end fast in the 1990s and it was predominantly marketed in the UK yeah. where they are super against speed yeah. and they are super classist. Yes. So this is a cheap quote unquote car marketed to a non high class individual yes. and parliament freaked out about it rightfully so. Oh, so good. these started life as regular voxels yes. actually produced in Germany Good. Shipped to Lotus, Good. gutted, engine shipped back to the factory to put in a different plebeian car. Then they drop <laughs> in their own 3.6 twin cam, twin turbo engine. Whoa. And a ZR1 sourced ZF6 speed, which was the only six speed manual in the world I that could handle that. the power. I love that. Then they got a label maker VIN from Lotus. <laughs> then they were sold for $45,000, marketing the 183 mile an hour top speed <laughs> in a country that didn't want the pores to be able to go over 100. Well, and this is also, <clears> what year is this? This 1990. Is like, this is 1990. So you had like the M5, the Mercedes 500e. What was the Lancia? The 832. The 832. Is and a, this just the front wheel, the front engine, front wheel drive correct. Ferrari V8. Yes. <laughs> correct. And like, yeah, it, it's a, like the the like fastest production car at this time was the F40. Yeah, uh, Testarossa actually when it was developed. To be yes, the F40 came yeah, the F, during the F40, development. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. the F40 is is 201 miles an hour. Uh, was the top. What a fucking time to be alive. I'm but so I mean, happy I was born into this era. And this was a super aerodynamic car. It was actually switched from the Senator to the Carlton apparently last minute because the Senator had no sporting characteristics. Even I love that. The same chassis. I love that. It had self-leveling rear suspension because Lotus didn't trust the semi-trailing arm suspension squat at high speed. I love it that. Just, the the story good. is incredible. It's rear-wheel drive. It's six-speed manual, twin-turbo engine. There's a cheater mode on the ECU that you could enable for like journalists. Oh. It's just incredible. That's brilliant. It's incredible. I absolutely so love that. Go watch Camisa's uh, Revelations piece on the Carlton. It will you will laugh out loud. It's incredible. So, uh, as you know, I regularly watch Rev on Deutsche Vela yes. while you launch on Tuesdays. Yes. Um, and we That's talked about this car a few years ago, the Morris Commercial JE. Sorry, I'm loading up the links here. So, yeah, you can play the video on mute. Uh, while we're talking about this, just so you can have an idea of this vehicle. Um, oh my god! <laughs> isn't it good? Is it mute? so okay, it's cute? Muted. Yeah, it's, it is muted. It is yes. very good. So <clears throat> this is the Morris Commercial JE, and this is a an electric. This looks like a flexible. That's so great. Yeah, it's an electric delivery van that is also available as a passenger van or a pickup. And is it's a, so cute. As a carbon fiber, is a recycled carbon fiber body. So it's not like they even make like Ooh, fancy. All new. the crashed and burned Lamborghinis and Ferraris. Pretty much like every piece of old carbon that you like, they can recycle. They turn to carbon fiber for this. It is a. Uh, I company. love that dark green one. Oh my goodness! That's the original. Yeah. So that's the OG one. Cool. So the uh, the original Morris Commercial J van. Was like the van that kind of rebuilt England like post World War II. Like this was your van that did everything before the Ford Transit came out, cool. um, and like the Ford Transit was basically just this with a V8 in it. And that's fast. why yeah, it was very fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is an absolutely brilliant <clears throat> van. It's also owned by. It's a small company that's owned by a uh, female, a minority female, an Asian female, which is Hell yeah. awesome. Super cool. Makes this great van. Like they actually bought the rights from Morris to 
continue making this, and they're making them in England. And I'm just thinking, we have the LLV coming out. Yeah. Why on earth are we not using this? I, well, it's politics. It's purely the answer. Yeah, but I mean, like, they can totally set up a not carbon fiber version of this production plant in any number of closed no, down. Carbon fiber makes sense for an LLV replacement because it doesn't rust. Yeah, but that's the thing is it's also expensive and the post office doesn't have any money. True. And also collision repair would be tricky. Yeah, exactly. So you get the, you just oh, get. that's her. Yeah, th- there she is. And she's also adorable. Mm-hmm. Like she has the best fashion ever. She's like the oldest scene girl ever, but somehow still cute. So it's yeah, fine. no, no, it, it, it's <laughs> it totally like Shirabara, like kawaii style. Like it's great. Um, but why she's into a vintage Morris van is so beyond ma- me. Owns a company that makes them. I <laughs> love everything about this. Um, but yeah, so this like I'm just like blown away. Like this is a, literally a perfect delivery van. Like it doesn't rust, it doesn't have any problems. Like in England, you're not going to crash it that hard, right? Like all the towns are too small to go fast. Yeah, and also you have the body panels. You just unbolt. You just you break one. You just put another one on when you break it. Yeah. So this uh, thing is like in America, you could totally make this out of just normal steel, and then wow. either do it EV or do like. A, like a hybrid version or something, but like the size of this truck, it's really small and they are absolutely functional. And guess what? Now you can actually have a pre-order and they really exist. So like, so they've actually started production on these or no? Yes, they they have. So these are actually production versions that you're seeing. And so they're uh, beginning their pre-orders. And I love it. I, I can't love this enough. We talked about this years ago when it was first announced. Like, back in, like, 2017, 2018. It's so weird to me that things like this are able to exist. Like, they still somehow pass crash regulations and all that other stuff. Well, that's the thing. It's a commercial van. Oh, I suppose. Just skirts all that. Yeah, it skirts all the crash regulations. (laughs) And so, like, you can buy the, the, like, passenger version. But the passenger version is still effectively just a... um, It's effectively just a commercial van with some more seats in it. That's so cute. They're great. This and is this is retro styling done right. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh yeah. the the website, the actual website, is really slow. Yeah. It, but the YouTube video is fine. It's it, yeah, and they also have the pickup, which is just the best thing in the world. I absolutely love the pickup. Pickup, 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 pickup. I think pickup. I don't think they have a photo of the pickup in the video. Oh. Shoot, but yeah, I found the pickup on their website. The website's the, really slow, unfortunately. The, the pickup but. is very good. I bet you can probably just type in Morris JE com, or Morris Commercial JE pickup. I was just gonna see if it was on there. If you go to build your own, it'll be on the left side of the screen. Well, let's do that then. So you'll see in a pickup, pickup right there. Click that. Come on, load up. You just gotta give it a second. You give it a, it's coming from England, dude. It's got. It's got That's a, true. And the post-Brexit internet is probably not very good. Uh, well, well, Control T, Morse Commercial JE. Oops, missed the L. <laughs> and then type in pickup after that. Yeah, their website's awful. Um, there you go, yellow one right there. Got it. Isn't that incredible? What a perfect pickup truck. Oh, oh yeah. damn it, Eric. That's perfect. It's vintage. Hi, look how adorable <laughs> this truck is. Very 
<laughs> I much prefer the van, but I'm glad. But that I mean, they... like th- that's the thing is, like, I, if I were to get a pickup, I'd want something like that. But you want a micro? Pi- oh, they do show the pickup. In oh, the they video. do. Okay, okay, they do. Yes. <clears throat> so there is a pickup. It's adorable. It's perfect, and you can buy one in England. And soon. You can. I mean, you know, you can buy one. You just won't get it in your hands. Fine. So. You can pre-order one now. Man, I want this to replace the LLV. This would be a perfect replacement for a mail truck. Yeah, just like sell it under license and label it Grumman instead of. They already use use. Oh, put put flexible on the front. Perfect. Yeah, no, Ta-da. they already have their Mercedes Metris like mail vans. True. So it's no different. Private label. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Up. Do perfect. it. That's right. super cute. That was the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you guys Bye. for two seventy seven.